0: To a special episode of Performing the Arts, my name, as always, is Brian M. Davis. I'm actually being joined by three lovely, talented people who I all know from <clears throat> this small college called Brooklyn College that I probably you all have heard of before. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not talking about why I know them, but I'm going to be talking to why they joined together. Along with uh, there's like five people in this group, but. Two other people can't couldn't make it tonight. So I'm talking about their a theater group, Alliance of Creatives Theater. So, yeah, take it away. Uh, how did this idea come about?
1: Uh, I'll answer to that. Um, so a lot of us, um, so uh, let me start from the beginning. We are all friends from Brooklyn College. We are all part of the theater department at the school um when quarantine hit obviously it was a, it was very hard for us um not being able to do theater in person or do theater at all you know acting is one thing but designing something is so much harder <laughs> over yeah. zoom if you have no actors to design for um so one day we were kind of like what if we just designed a show that like isn't going to go up is not going to get performed but we just created a design for it And we did, and we had a lot of fun, and we were like, well, what if we just kept doing this and then brought in actors and, like, started doing online theater, like, in whatever way that we could? Um, And so that's kind of how Alliance of Creatives was born, was just us being like, what if we just did the thing, (laughs) pretty much,
0: Uh, I know that the production you're referring to is actually something that I heard you talk about in our shop class, not shop class, well, our prop class, that's almost like shop class, Uh, sorry, uh, that's, uh, yeah, in our prop uh, prop class, which was Madame Butterfly, and so was M. Butterfly literally the genesis of just doing AOC theater? Or was it just, like, the same notion of, hey, you know, what you just said before, Emily, which was, hey, uh, we all know each other, we all love theater, we all miss theater, let's just keep on doing us.
1: A little bit of both, I feel like. It was, it, it's kind of what you were saying, it's exactly like, hey, we're all together, we like doing theater, let's do this. But I think doing that project together showed that we could do something yeah, together oh, online that like looked really good and like had like so much effort and like beauty in it. <laughs> it it showed that we were not only did we want to do this, but that we were like very much capable of doing it, kind of a thing. Yeah,
0: which is kind of amazing because the, the the performances that I've been through, uh, I mean, been through. I f- I feel like I've been through by saying I've been through war by saying that, but the performances I've done with with yous. It's been very good, you know. Uh, I, I we recently just did almost Maine. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, after this recording has been done, you'd all been you you all just done twice uh, trifles. Uh, before that, you just did our readings of over the what is it over the wall over the go- over the garden wall. Uh, before that was a reading of Knives Out. So yeah, it's like all these readings I've been doing with with this group has has been a pleasantly uh, pleasant uh, fun surprise but uh yeah uh, now i know there's five people in this group in terms of like leadership or cabinet uh could you explain like what your roles are by chance i mean not by chance but like what are you all i mean what's the, what, like what roles do you fill out with each uh each person uh, starting with uh, Jess
2: um,
3: our I mean I've taken more of the like social media route uh than everybody like I basically have control of our social media accounts um but for the most part, like with decision making and figuring out what we want to do next and like reaching out to people it's more of like it's more of a collective idea um because we want you know one thing that we've learned from from brooklyn from our own schooling and then just all the stuff that's been going on there um is that we want to we want to have a place where everybody's opinions and values and ideas are heard so we want to have this be a you know as devised as we can be (laughs) so with that just like basically we have we have our we've kind of built our own little routine of like every every tuesday we come together and are like okay these are our ideas for you know what we want to do we all you know talk about them and
1: uh
3: figure them out and then from that from that forward then we move on and do like and do all of the official things and cast people and announce our new readings and all of and all of that
0: uh bones what about you what do you do in the in the group
2: i'm the email person so any email you ever <laughs> receive uh will be drafted written by me and then um erica who couldn't make it today is usually the person who edits like the social media posts or um, any emails that may or may not have typos in them. Um, she <laughs> just is like the second pair of eyes that goes over everything because she's really good at it. And uh, she makes sure that none of us look ridiculous <laughs> in any uh, social media aspect or like emails that we send out for casting calls, etc. cetera. Um, and like, sometimes we write scripts for like readings that we want to do if we can't like find them, we end up transcribing them ourselves. So like depending yeah. on the reading, um, Emily did recently Almost Maine. Um, I did Over the Garden Wall. So transcribing scripts is something we all also do, which is really fun. Jess also transcribed, I believe, Charlie Brown recently as well. So it's like it's been a time. Um, But yeah, we all have kind of like our own little niche part of it. But like Jess said, we come together as a collective to make any decisions that are important and or small. Like any decision really um, is kind of put through the company every Tuesday when we have our meetings where it's like, hey, here's everything. Let's talk about it. And then we come to decisions, and then next Tuesday we make more decisions, and then
0: yeah, it's
2: a ball rolling situation. So,
0: and Emily, what? And I know Emily by heart, so I'm pretty sure her role in the thing has been okay. I'm gonna be the SM. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I guess but... kind of. <laughs> hate,
1: but... um, my primary role has actually been like social media, like post creation kind of a thing. Um, Jess is the one who organizes all our social media is the one posting and keeping it alive. Um like Bone said, Erica is the one um editing all our posts and making sure that I don't look silly. Um and then z who couldn't be here tonight, uh does our video editing um for all of our readings and performances. Um big shout out to them because literally none of us have any idea what we're doing and they make our videos look so good. <laughs> also shout out to Canva, sponsor us maybe. they're what we use to make our social media posts which always look gorgeous and it is not really because of me um but just again to kind of like piggyback off of what everyone else said um the reason we've kind of divided up our roles that way as opposed to being like this person's the artistic director and this person's the technical director is that like when we created this we also wanted to kind of rethink the structure of theater in a way and kind of like just said like make it a more devised yeah. more collaborative process as opposed to like uh, the hier- the hierarchy that you kind of tend to see in most theaters so we just kind of wanted to like again kind of break down that hierarchy and make it more um, a more uh, collaborative and interactive space for everyone
0: yeah, uh, last semester, my last semester at Brooklyn College was uh, with devising with uh, Jolie Tong and uh, Laura, T- Laura Tessman. And the half of the semester that I did, did the classes there at, uh, with them, it was so fun because devising is what you just said before. Emily is like, oh, we all have, it's like, even though it was a four group people, you know, even though I was literally in a four group, Yeah, even though I was in a four-person group, even though there was, like, maybe other groups had maybe, like, three or maybe even five, depending on, like, the group itself. Like, each person in that group had a role. And with that role, essentially, not only did our uh, process of... I want to say the process of creating the play that we were creating actually allow us to, you know become a lot more better but it helped us like literally be a lot more better in the in the hands on behind the scenes approach where it's like oh all the things you think we have you know you know who's going to be director all right who's going to be the writer that was essentially all of us you know we were the director we were the writer uh we had the final say especially if it was a scene that we wrote so yeah even if it was like a uh, uh one person monologue right we all pitched in into ideas of what that monologue could be, even though the person writing that monologue could have been like, this is the, the type of thing I'm going to do with this monologue. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a collaborative effort from what I'm hearing, especially when you're doing a theater group. Uh, I know... Emily, you may have been joking around or maybe you've been or would have been serious. Uh, Maybe I I forgot when either last year or maybe earlier this year that you were thinking about doing a theater club at Brooklyn College. If Brooklyn College was still open, even though it is technically still open, but, you know, it's on online. So technically speaking, it is open. Uh, But if the campus was open to students, would AOC Theater have been the Brooklyn College student, uh, like student theater club, because I know there are you know other places um, that have had theater clubs in the past, especially with uh, the my colleges in the past. You know, BMCC had a great uh, uh, drama club. Uh, Hunter College, from what I remember, had a great uh, drama club. So would AOC Theater, if Brooklyn College have, has If if Brooklyn College was still open to the public, right, and this was a normal semester and all that stuff, would AOC Theater be existed as a drama club for Brooklyn College or would that just be a separate club? I mean, separate organization altogether because I know there is a music club, I mean, not music club, there's a musical theater, uh, uh, musical theater, uh, division, no, not division, but there was like a music theater. Like group that does their own like, you know, musicals and whatnot. Eppin Collins, even though they're not like a club itself. I know that was a long spiel (laughs) to to hear, but once I get rolling, you know, this is just my uh, my way of thing, my way of speaking.
1: No, that's a really good question. Um, I think if if uh, Alliance of Creatives was going to be a thing, uh if Brooklyn College was still open, I think it would've just happened a little bit later. Um, mm. I do think quarantine definitely opened up the, our our ability and availability to form this um, collective we'll call it um, because um, a lot of us are like, Jess has already graduated. A couple of us, you know, are taking less classes or are not coming back to school next semester. So yeah. we have the availability <laughs> to put in the work and the effort to make this a thing, um, but I don't, I don't know that this wouldn't have happened if we were still in person, um, because again, like through quarantine, we see it a yeah. little bit clearer now. Um, but it's still like when the school was open, there still definitely was a need for student-run groups. Um, yeah. Brooklyn College does a great job of putting on a lot of productions. But just, you know, the student body is so large and the demand or not the demands, the needs of the student body are so varied. Yeah. That, like, kind of need student-run groups to provide opportunities for every student. Um, yeah. So I think something like Alliance of Creatives would have happened. It might have happened at a slower pace. <laughs> it might have not happened as quickly. But I think some something would have still happened. And yeah. maybe. Be a slightly different group of people maybe it wouldn't be organized the way that we've organized it but something like it the the core of it would still be there kind of a thing
0: yeah uh like like with this show i originally had this idea i was like okay earlier this year which feels so long ago right i figured at the end of my semester I want to do a show where I just start interviewing people because I was always, I was already interviewing people before the school newspaper, right? Um shout out to the Brooklyn Hound. And the process of interviewing people had always been a great thrill of mine because I'd be talking to people and I'd be interviewing these people and all these questions would always be popping up in my head because I'm a very inquisitive person. And Cut to the fact that it's like, okay, if I do want to do an interview show, what would be the, you know, what would I be interviewing people with? And I thought about, it I was like, okay, I'm in theater, okay, I have a theater background, I'm an actor, uh, at least I try to be, you know, that sort of thing. And who do I know that I could actually help, not only promote themselves but also the show? In general, and I was like, okay, I'll just start interviewing other actors. But I, and of course, over quarantine, this idea became more and more of a idea, and I started really planning out this whole thing because if it wasn't for quarantine or at least, you know, staying at home and, you know, essentially just staying at home and just figuring out what to do next, especially with online classes and graduating and stuff like that too is like where would i go next when uh quarantine has essentially shut me into a hole well not shut me into a hole well yeah it has shut you into a hole where it's like you can't really go anywhere but you can't go anywhere but you can't really go anywhere and that made no sense but it it makes sense to me uh But, yeah, it's, like, early this year, like, the original idea I had was, okay, I'm actually going to go and meet with these people hand-to-hand, because I do have a tripod, I do have a camera, you know, and do all that stuff, but, of course, with the pandemic going around and the fact that, you know, the quarantine was still happening, and it still is happening, you know, even though it it has been, like, less and less now because of, uh, it's the holiday season now, at the time of recording this. So, Yeah. If it wasn't for the quarantine, I probably would have still been like kicking over the idea of what the show is about and I wouldn't be doing like the fourth season already by the time I've already been putting this out. By the time I, I by the time this is released, I'll probably be already in the process of doing the fifth season or maybe even seventh, sixth season depending on how fast I can actually do this thing. But I have a job now, so <laughs> life happened, so. Yep. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to note that because of quarantine and the fact that there is no theater, you know, other theater artists have have been trying to do essentially Zoom theater or uh, workshops, uh, like seminars. Uh, I know Bones, you do a great... Thing with Twitch of like showing your Twitch streams every now and then of uh, of your artwork and stuff like that too. So yeah, it, it's I think because the lack of theater for this year, even though this year started up strong with theater. Well, I wouldn't say started up strong. It, it, the theater world in general at the start of 2020 was a little hectic. But now it's starting to come a lot more stronger because of what's been happening. And probably people who were, especially with uh, Broadway shows or musicals that, that were going to be playing now, were like, okay, we'll give that light, you know, for the next, like, year or so. So they so people who had shows to do now, was like, okay, we have more time to, you know, advance and stuff like that, too. So, But, yeah, it, it, it's odd because... Without the quarantine stuff that's happening and all that stuff, I wouldn't really. It's probably the same thing what you just said before, where you know my show probably would have happened, but uh, much later date after because I take so long to get around to an idea and get everything fully fleshed out. Because I'm the one, I'm the type of person that really has um, OCD, so I'm just like any idea I have, it has to be fully fleshed out, fully fleshed out. Otherwise, I'm just like. All right, this idea, into the garbage. You know, it's like that sort of thing. But yeah, I do agree that if it wasn't for quarantine, there wouldn't be that many uh, collaborations, regardless of the fact of just being able to do theater like this. Um, So, rant out of the way. Uh, Now, you did mention Brooklyn College, and you mentioned... uh, student-run organizations, especially with the student body there, uh, especially being students of Brooklyn College. I, you know, I've only been a Brooklyn College student for only, like, maybe two years or so, so I wasn't really in the thick of everything. So, you know, I was more of, like, a uh, an outsider looking in, because even though I was still technically part of theater, I had, like, already been, like... I, I always fancy myself as more like a theater technician now because I feel like theater technicians have a lot more fun in terms of making a show, all that stuff, too, because they have much more of the, uh, the practical, uh, practicality of everything. So, yeah, in terms of Brooklyn College, how has your education there been shaping you to where you see theater now? Who wants to go? Come
2: on. Jess, you want to go first? Cause I have thoughts. Um,
3: sure I can go first. I mean, I my 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 time in college in general wasn't super long. I was only there for two years, uh, like you. So yeah. <laughs> my my perspective is a tiny bit different because I wasn't I like threw myself into the deep end with the theater. Uh, and then just stayed there, so that was the only, like, that was the only, like, real look of the school I got. Um, and I would say the, out of everything I have learned, I, the one thing that I will probably take with me for forever is creating inclusive spaces where every single voice can be heard and feels heard and just creating, I'm, I'm all about positivity and optimism and like being at Brooklyn College really showed me that if you are given a space where you are supportive and positive and you are welcoming of everybody, people will want to be there, they will wanna create work, they will want to make sure that that work is the best it can be and you yeah. will create very, very good shows. I've seen it I'd, I've been wor- I worked on two shows where that was the entire energy from start to finish and those shows were amazing and so well done and then I've also worked on the other spectrum where like no one was happy everybody was stressed it was no one was having a good time and those shows sucked <laughs> yeah. so it's just it's really it, it, that is something that like I think really had shown me and I'm like really thankful for those for those uh you know whether it's running crew or even like assisting on a show at Brooklyn i'm really grateful for those opportunities because it really does show it really showed me like what how i want to move my own theater career and what i know yeah. will make an environment that i that i can thrive in that i can help other people thrive in as well um and yeah it's, also shout out to Michael Page. I I love. He's he's the one who like <laughs> he's the one that kind of really showed me that I have more much more to offer than I thought I did in the theater world and really did show me that side of theater that really did make me I I, I guess you can say that it really did make me like fall in love with it a little bit more and really show that like oh this isn't just I'm good decently good at theater so I can make this a career, but like, oh no, I can actually make something for myself when I'm actually good at what I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for the the, the, the staff and teach well, yeah, staff and professors and teachers, what have you, at Brooklyn College, I really wouldn't love theater as much as I love theater at Brooklyn because the staff over there really do give a shit and they really do care a lot. And that's just me and, and because I must have learned a lot more as a technical student more than I did as an actor in anywhere else. And that's not putting shade on any of any other uh, colleges. It's just that at Brooklyn College, I was like, I was learning more about technical theater more than the other, other places I've learned about in the, in the past. It's like, Oh, I, I've learned about stuff that I would learn about, like, Oh, I know how to handle, you know, like, swords and all that stuff, but there'd be, like, tricks with all these, there'd be, like, tricks inside the the scenic shop. There's like, I would be able to move a lot more faster. It was, like, being a theater person, but in behind-the-scenes theater person, it's a much more of a weirder world, especially since you, people think, oh, when you think of a theater, it's like, oh, you want to be an actor. Or you want to be an actress, or you want to be a director there, you know, yelling you at people on stage for not doing it at lines or something like that. But with theater, there's always other places, that, I mean, there's always other people to do in theater. I mean, there's always other, that came out phrasing wrong, okay. Uh, there's always other professions in theater that people can do spectacularly. Lighting, scenic design, uh, sound design. Uh, set construction so forth and so on and scenic design and set construction are not necessarily the same thing but they are technically still the same but different you know scenic design basically means hey you get to paint all this stuff that we've all created set design I mean set construction means hey we got two weeks to build a whole set can we do it and believe me I've been in that pressure okay (laughs) <laughs> and if it wasn't for the amount of class, uh, set, uh, if it wasn't for the amount of set construction classes, I'm pretty sure a lot of stage uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the um, st- uh, productions there wouldn't look as spectacular as it would, you know, in other places uh bones i know you said you had thoughts what were your thoughts
2: i do i want to agree with you on the aspect of some of the staff are phenomenal people and they really do push you to be the best person you can be within theater and within life um like jess said big shout outs to michael page because i honestly also wouldn't be where i am today without that man in my life in any capacity um he really shaped my view on like how well i could be As not only like as a visual artist in terms of like drawing and stuff, but in terms of like costume design and being able to uh, render my ideas in a way that I could present them to other people without sounding ridiculous. Um, Another huge shout out to like Justin Townsend and uh, Michael Redman. Um, Those two men are also incredible human beings. Um, Justin Townsend will continuously push his students to do the best thing they possibly can do without like hounding them for not being perfect at it which I think is a important balance to have when you're a professor. Um, He genuinely like cares about his students and cares about making sure that they're okay. While also being able to be like, Hey, maybe you could flush this idea out a bit more, or maybe you can try something different to try to like show people what your ideas are without um, being too like, I guess shy in a sense, he wants you to be confident in what you're presenting. And then Michael Redman is just a great person all around. Like I wouldn't, I don't think i would have enjoyed doing scenic work at all if it wasn't for him um i personally am not like a person that likes to delve into scenic stuff but like michael redmond and scene shop was incredible um he basically taught me all i needed to know about building things which is really really cool so i appreciate those two in particular and michael page
0: i sometimes wonder if like if redmond is a wizard because him and katie would and katie miller would be so good together and then like i would have class you know Katie was my um, uh, professor for my scenic shop thing. Her and Redmond would be like, like two peas in a pod but at the same time. I would like Redmond was like, oh, okay, just give me a couple of seconds, and then comes back with like all these supplies. I was like, I honestly wonder if Redmond is a wizard within this, you know, realm of everything because he is like legitimately that fast. Because he's like, okay, this let me bring about, you know, let me bring a couple of things back. He brings like you know like a half a dozen things back, and sometimes it'd be like the, the stuff that you really need. Uh, all right, uh, Emily, your thoughts.
1: Um, I I just want to make sure, Bones. Did you get out all of your yeah, thoughts?
0: No, percent.
1: Okay. okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna agree so far with like what everyone has said. Um, I also think one of the biggest things that I've taken away from Brooklyn College is like ways to make a space more inclusive yeah um the first and foremost being you know providing the opportunities for students um just having the opportunity to work on something is the start um and then also how how not only how do you make a space more inclusive but how do you make a space inclusive and also what's the word i'm looking for safe and providing and beneficial for students. For example, don't just include a work by a BIPOC playwright, just to say that you've included a a work by a BIPOC playwright in your season. You consider what is the subject of the show? Do you have the actors to fill the roles for that show? Are you putting on a show that will be beneficial to your students that has the that has the opportunity for them, um, and also, oh no, did I cut out?
0: <laughs> no, it's, you're still here.
1: Oh, good, because my Wi-Fi cuts out sometimes. Um, uh, not only does it provide the opportunity for students, but are you also making sure that you're not just providing shows of trauma to specifically BIPOC students or by you know BIPOC in general? You know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, no, it's something that I think can be improved on in all spaces. This is not a dig at Brooklyn College. This is not a dig at anyone. I think oh, no. inclusivity is something that can be worked on in every level, in every theater, everywhere. <laughs> and it's something that we need to obviously actively practice and be better at to provide yeah. spaces for everyone. And not just... BIPOC students but queer BIPOC students um disabled BIPOC students all 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 students everyone no ifs ands or buts <laughs> like, yeah. every space uh, needs to be inclusive and safe for everyone. Yeah,
0: this is something that I was actually touching upon with uh, my my acting professor Emmanuel Simons and he he was talking about how as a gay man living in, you know, New York City in the 1980s, he was talking about all this stuff that was, like, really, really hard to to deal with, you know, especially when you're uh, in that realm, especially in 1980s New York City, where it's like, oh, when you think of 1980s New York City, you think of, well, uh, what type of crime movies came out during the 1980s, and that you kind of, like, that's, like, your idea of 1980s New York City. And you wouldn't be that too far off. But nowadays, it's like, even though I feel like people are starting to become, like, a little more inclusive in theater, there is still a, uh, what's the term, a lack of you know, proper Representation because there are still gay characters who are played by straight, uh, straight. What, what the hell was that? Stway? <laughs> Heterosexual. There we go. Heterosexual uh, actors or actresses. Uh, I, I remember there was a trailer for this movie that was either coming out either soon or maybe not soon. I'm not sure, but it had it was it it was. An actress portraying a person who, who is on the autism spectrum, I believe. And yep. Okay, you all know. I that. know
1: exactly what you're yep. about the movie and, that C is producing.
0: Yeah, and oh,
1: yes. <laughs> the person
0: who plays the artistic, uh character in the in the movie is not played by a person who is artistic. I mean, who who has autism in real life, you know. Um, And
1: I would also just like to add, Brian, um, no one... They originally had hired an autistic actress, and they considered her... um, What do you call it? Her... The environment was not suitable for her as an autistic actress, and so instead of changing the environment, they changed the actress.
0: Yeah, which is... Which is always very... Shady to begin with, because I know it's like, oh, it's like, because film companies has always done it in the past, especially since. Okay, this is me as a film buff now because I'm like, this is my area now. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Uh You know, film. You know, film companies in general will do that if they don't like an actor. They will just recast everybody in a, in a moment's notice, especially with theater too. But. I feel like even though theater wants to be inclusive now, there's still that, like, uh, wall there that's that's essentially blocking things. Even though there are queer actors, LB, well, uh, LBGQ, LBGQT plus, you know, performers actually gain more and more traction, there's still being unable to get that traction going because it's still theater and it's still um uh film too because uh there's still cis the there's still cis actors playing transgender roles there's still cis actors playing transgender roles there's still people you know it so yeah it, it's definitely it's it, it, Theater being inclusive, but, well, theater and film being inclusive to people with, you know, not only uh, disabilities, but also personal choices, that sort of thing, Um, people who identify as non-binary, trans, straight, uh, gay, lesbian, so forth and so on. They still feel like, oh, we are inclusive, but at the same time, it's sort of like a step back because they don't really want to be inclusive. You know, there are people who do say that. And it's out because I know at the either start of this semester or close towards the end of the previous semester, I know Brooklyn College had the same process like, oh, we're going to start hiring people who are like start hiring more people, all that stuff who would be, you know more stuff like that, but I haven't heard anything about that, so I'm not sure. And, and, of course, I'm a student. I'm still, I'm an alumni there, so I have yet to hear anything about, like, oh, you know, this is the new staff we have, you know, that that sort of thing. And I know, and the closest I know of, uh, of that sort of thing happening, in it, it may be in the more, I, I want to say it, it may be more in the the main theater stuff, I might be wrong, but in the main theater stuff, I mean, like you know the main department's like acting, that's sort of thing too, so. So I could be wrong there. If I'm wrong, please give me a little say, Brian, you're wrong, you know that sort of thing, but especially if you're watching right now, too. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's weird because the, the theater. Now says, "Oh, we are all about inclusivity and all that stuff." And nowadays, it's like when you hear that, it's like there's still people who still cast the the. I, I want to say that the cookie cutter type, where it's just basically the same exact person. It's like it's like you're watching a play, and it's like it's the same exact person that you would probably say, "Hey, you know, I like this character. I mean, I mean, I like this actor," but You know, it's like they're playing the same exact character as before. So, and the weird thing about theater is that you could play a big stretch, you know, it's theater, you know. If you want to play a character who is a drunk, you could play a character who is a drunk. You don't have to act drunk in order to do that. You know, if you want to play, but, but, but if there's a character who is legitimately written as someone who is disabled, go out your way and cast someone who is disabled. You know, there are actors in theater and in film who are legitimately disabled, you know. But I guess to save cost of money, they just hire someone who isn't disabled or something like that. Because it's... I don't know. It's a Film and theater is a shady business. One, a business I love, but also a business I also hate because of the amount of people that... Are discouraged, especially about being an actors and stuff like that too. Where it's just like, eh. I'm sorry, folks. Rant is over. I'm done.
3: You no, know, it's it's um, totally fine. I think you make a very valid point. Um, You know, that's one of the, at least coming from my perspective as somebody who, you know, is now done with college and I really don't have any plans to go back because I I don't I don't wanna. <laughs> um, it, it's,
0: master's you know, degree, th- What is that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> My mom. Hello. <laughs> um, you know, nothing it's, wrong with
0: master's degree but <laughs>
3: very true. Um, you know, it, theater. You know, being in the ever ever loving entertainment industry. Um, you know, it carries. It, it carries a lot of. Fear and uncertainty with it because I, like, for as long as I have known, I was like, oh, I, I'm i not good at STEM. So I want to step in, do something that's not STEM, which devolved into theater, which devolved into, you know, perf- the arts in general. And now yeah. it's, you know, the... the really theater is just like a sub of the whole entertainment industry so like stepping into the entertainment world there is a level of you know terror to it because it's like oh where is my where's my paycheck coming from you know where is you know when's the next role how am i going to can i make this my life support and um you know with all of this with all entertainment industry with all anything in entertainment, it really you really do get to see how hypocritical the how hypocritical every single person is in there because all of the officials, all of the platforms, you know, they'll tell you, We love everybody, we want to give everybody a chance and you know, everybody's everybody's welcome to join and be a part of stuff. And then you actually get into the business and It's very, very inclusive, and it's very exclusive. (laughs) Yeah. Let me rephrase that. And It's very cutthroat, and really the only way, like, before before quarantine happened and everything got shut down, the only way I had gotten jobs was literally because I knew people. It wasn't because of my own talent or anything. So there is that fear of, like, oh, can I make it as well?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the sad thing about both theater as a whole, because there are you know theater groups that are very say, oh yeah, you know we are include, you know we we are inclusive, but at the same time they will be like, we just don't like this th- th- this person because you know it's like they always late for work, that sort of thing, blah blah blah. blah. You know, even though. They could be an asshole in front of people. Uh oh. Okay, I froze up there. I thought that'd be very that'd be very weird. It's like even though they'd be an asshole, and then <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it's it, it's weird because theater. Growing up, I've had countless uh, interactions with not only theater but just film in general, right? And it helps that my cousin is a off-Broadway actress in her own time. She's done Broadway. She's done television. She's done films, So it helps her being, you know, like that. But I, you know, I remember, I think I remember talking to, you know, talking to her like maybe once or twice because, you know, it's, it's hard to actually meet her because, you know, She doesn't live in New York City anymore, at least not around us. And I remember meeting her, like, maybe 20 years ago, at a family reunion thing, right? And, well, the only family reunion, because we had only one big family reunion, and then afterwards it just stopped being family reunions. But anyway, I remember talking to her, and she said, well, something along the lines of how theater is, or film, I mean, acting is great, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like, it will take a toll on you and that sort of thing. So there are people who, and believe me, you know, when I was a student at Hunter College and I will be straightforward with this, it being an actor, starting a, a place like like a Hunter College, which is very elitist by the, by the way, They had the same thing where it's like, oh, we will be very inclusive, all that stuff. And then I'll be just like um, auditioning all that stuff. You know, I'll be auditioning. And then they're like, "Ah," you know, it's like and, and they would always go for the same thing, as I mentioned before, the same type of person for that role, even though I would be in a great audition. They would cast someone else because they felt like I wouldn't be like a you know a particular drawer or something like that. So I you know I would be very very disheartened all of that. You know ten not not ten years ago, uh, close to fifteen years ago, or something like that. I was you know when I was at Kingsborough Community College, I actually was part of a ten minute play, right? And this actress who I was in the scene with just wasn't comfortable to kissing me, so it was like, can you know, she must have talked to the director or something like that, but and it got me like literally fired off the side because she just wasn't comfortable kissing me. And you know, I as I went to see, see the play the last time, if I remember correctly, they basically casted her boyfriend for that role. So basically it's like what you just said before, Jess, where it's just like who do you know and how can they help you with these roles? And sometimes and not sometimes and most of the times I feel like in entertainment, who do you know is the more along the lines of who do you know and who can help you can really help you in theater but also film, you know? I know people but I haven't asked them like, hey, I need and like I haven't said, Hey, I need that Alloc brands to go into theater or I need that all brands to go into film because I rather do everything by my own, so yeah, it's it, and and I think and to tie this into our main theme, which is the AOC theater, I think that's why people such as yourselves have like grouped together and created an, an op not only an opportunity but also a theater group that can feel uh, involved with people of all types. Uh, people who aren't really actors, people who are actors, people who have disabilities, such as myself. Uh, people who are you know, so forth and so on. But, yeah, it, it's weird because like I said before, when the theater at the start of the year was at a very weird peak, which is where where a lot of the things were was, was like the closest theater was at a tipping point uh, in terms of a talking point was uh, the West Side Story thing, where they basically hired someone who was a, you know, uh, what was it, a registered sex offender or something like that. Now, now at the end of the year, the talk of the town is the fact that there's a Ratatouille musical coming out, which is so weird in hindsight, where it's like at the start of the year, you go from people uh like literally picketing a very famous musical to the entire industry shutting down because of a virus to basically zoom theater to now where the talk of the town is a musical based off of a non-musical the thing right at two we i ain't even uh, fucking uh, <laughs> yeah theater is a weird business but there are people such as yourselves who are given opportunities to do theater that doesn't feel like oh you know just because you you're not really a trained actor doesn't mean you still can't be part of our show. Uh believe me I know I'm not like a trained actor actor you know I don't have like years of training experience at Juilliard or Stella Agner or the or the Actor Studio or something like that. You now I'm just a Person who, uh, yeah, I'm literally just a person who knows my acting just by watching people act on screen and you know stuff like that too. So, and I've had professors in the past who just called me very naturalistic because I don't think about the choices, I don't think about stuff like that too. I might add a few lines here and there because in my process of reading the the script, it may say something in the script, but my mind wants it, and my mind says something else. But if it still comes off at the same time as the script. They're like, okay, just don't worry about it. You know, Brian's still doing the same thing, where it's just like, you know, even though the line says, I'm going to go to the store, and it's like, the I might say, I'll be right back, I'm going to the store, Right, there. I'll be right back, I'm going to the store, something like that. No one would just say, like, okay, you just say the stated line as normal. But, yeah, it's, it's weird how, well, not weird, but it, it's interesting to see how, at the start of the year, how the theater was like the theater world was, and because of what you said before with quarantine and stuff like that, and how the industry was shut down, we have much more opportunities because of because of quarantine and the fact that the fact that you know theater hasn't really been on the up and up yet. You know it will return, but we don't know when, like fully, supposedly in fall twenty twenty one. But that's if we're lucky. Uh, yeah. Uh, so rant is over again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to those who are watching. Like, Brian, just Brian, just Brian, just please stop ranting. Please stop ranting. But you know, this is my show. But <laughs> yeah, um, this I... this is what you paid. I mean, this this is what you subscribe to. Okay. Uh, you were saying something.
2: Uh, yeah. I I want to like talk a little bit about, like, the PR slash networking situation, like extending the olive branch stuff. Personally, I don't like the concept of, like, oh, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy that is, like, one degree away from a famous person, therefore I can just, you know, climb the social ladder, network, stuff like that. That's something I'm not a fan of. I don't think any of us in AOC are a fan of. Um, We strive to be, like, as inclusive as possible, but not the inclusive where it's like, we're so inclusive, but actually, like, we're not trying to do all yeah. that. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, places and and people in theater tend to do the PR move of inclusivity, where it's like, oh, we're so inclusive, wow, and then the minute you get your foot in the door, you try to get your foot in the door and then it doesn't work because you're yeah. LGBTQ+, or like, you're a BIPOC person, or like, you're you're disabled. Like, it just all these things that add up and they're like, oh, well, no. And it's something that we want to avoid as much as possible because, like, we ourselves come from very different walks of life. Like, yeah. I myself am, am an LGBT person, a non-binary person. Like, I am that. So, like, and there's people among us that are, like, different walks of life and different um, ethnicities, races, et cetera. So, like, we we strive to be, like, as, as opening and welcome to everyone because we are technically, like, Everyone in a weird sense, you know, like we are a collective of people that are incredibly different um, and we want to encourage people who don't necessarily, again, have like experience in acting, experience in directing, um, costume design. Like there's a reason we have our whole like interest form set up where it's like select the things that you're interested in and then we can go from there and be like, okay, cool. We need a costume designer. Here's a list of people that we're interested in costume designing, so on and so forth. And I think that's, like, something that's really cool that we do because I don't see a lot of theater companies doing that necessarily. It's more so like, oh, well, if you're a trained actor, then we'll have you. If you're a trained costume designer, then we'll have you. But if you're not, you're not allowed to do either of those things. And I think that's something that is important, especially during quarantine times where, like, people are trying to pick up new skills and trying to learn new things. And giving people a space and an opportunity to do so is really important. And I think that that's something that's really cool. So...
0: Yeah, and the, you mentioning, uh, oh, uh, that just now, it's like, oh, you're an actor? Well, we'll we'll figure it out like that. There are days where I could just remember applying for a job at a, at a uh, famous place, right, at a famous theater or something like that, and it was like, oh, even as an usher, because I've done ushering and I could tell you the amount of times as an usher that I bumped into famous people or something like that, and you know, the most famous person I bumped into as an usher was probably James, uh, yeah, James Franco, and he was in, and he was in Airhead, so no surprise. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's odd that even when you do want to try and extend it all branch for people who you do know, especially, the, and the weird thing is that theater is a small world. And I always say that not, uh, not sarcastically, I mean that Legitimately, theater is a small world There are people who you will know Who might work on another show In maybe two or three months Or two or three years And sometimes impressions really do help you So yeah And It also helps to, uh, to build a network Also in theater Not only Not only as a Not only to network just regularly, just network in theater, but also network with people who you think will be great fits to work with, to be able to work with you, especially in the future, especially if you want to put them on a production and say, hey, you know, I know, you know, I'm going to need a good study crew with this. Like, who would I know, who can, who would I know as a great, who can, I? yeah, who I know in my right mind, could help me with production design? Who would I know with scenic design? You know, so forth and so on. Who would I know or who would I ask to be my stage manager? Who would I ask if I want to be ASM? Uh, Who would I want to know to be director? So, the, the form itself, like, you know, selecting that form where it's just like, hey, what are your interests in, in? It's a great idea and uh it's, I, I hope to have I hope to see other places like doing their stuff. It's like, hey, you know, what is your interest in theater? You know, are you an actor? Yes. Are you a playwright? Yes. Are you someone who is in lightning Okay. I'm not in lightning, so I'm not there. Do you have sound design experience? Yes, I do have a sound design experience. Uh, set design, yeah, you know, so forth and so on. Uh do you wanna work front of the house? Yeah, of course. So being someone who has strived to be in theater, but has felt the inclusive uh, like the negativity in that theater space, it's it's actually good because of I think of what have been what this whole conversation was uh, has been like sort of like bounding together, which is essentially if it wasn't for quarantine, theater has wouldn't be you know that sort of inc- inclusive now, but It is sort of getting to that point because of quarantine. So, yeah, it's – but in the process, there are groups that are opening more and more, especially with theater, especially with this group, that is allowing other people to not only have, say, you know, it's like have a home – there we go. A home to actually go to in terms of theater, even if it's gonna be like a a small home over the you know, over like this for, for the time being. But even when you don't even if you do know these uh these uh alliance of creatives, they're great people to work with. Uh so yeah. I think that's it with my question. Oh, okay, I do have one good question left. So AOC theater and AOC herself. was that a was that on a nose or was that something that this was something like kind of like by coincidence? because I've been wondering this for the past few months.
1: It was a complete accident. <laughs> a
2: complete I wish end. we were connected to her. I wish, oh my God. Oh my God.
1: Also, shout out to AOC. If you want to sponsor us, Girl, <laughs>
2: call us up. Let's play some Among Us.
1: Let's play some Among Us. Like, let's let's get that connection. Honestly, the okay. What's really funny about that whole situation is that we were trying to avoid the acronym ACT, like Act,
2: because oh, okay. there are
1: multiple bigger theaters that have that acronym. And we're like, okay, we don't want to like get in the mix of that and like get lost in the Google search.
2: Yeah.
0: But
1: in the process we ended up getting associated with AOC and I'm like, well
0: oh, damn it.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is what we live with now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna complain if we get
3: associated with her.
1: Hey. <laughs> yeah, if we okay. get associated with her, she gets tagged in our posts, you know. <laughs> That's it. Cross cross that
0: <laughs> hey, it's more it's more traction for you and also it's more PR for you. So is even as so I, I would think bones as the PR person, you'd be like <laughs> all right
2: <Nah. laughs> it's a lot uh we do often get that question though uh i believe under our first q a that was one of the first questions we got was like are you associated we were like no unfortunately." No. <laughs> but no <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
1: i think just really quick, just to like drive home the point and like give this all a nice close um talking about you know connections that we make and how we would love to you know make a connect with aoc hit us up um i think one of the biggest things about making connections and the way that we can start to move away from the only way you can do theaters to know people is like you connect with the people that you genuinely want to work with don't just connect with people that like you're like oh this person's gonna help me in the future Like, I feel like AOC is, weirdly enough, a great example of this. Like, yes, of course you want to connect with AOC because she's a person of power. But also we all genuinely look up to her and, like, is a person that we would want to have a a connection with. Not just in terms of work, but as a person. And I think that's something that's so important in theater. Is, like, not only making connections is, of course, important, but make connections with the people that you actively enjoyed working with. And would want to work with again and want to see outside of work. And I think that's something that we also hold like really close to us is like we we keep bringing back the people that we want to work with because we enjoy them. We enjoy their personality and their work ethic and just being able to spend time with them in a work environment. Uh, and that's something that I think is another like really big pillar of ours. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that in as a nice little closer.
0: <laughs> and it makes sense with your name because it is an alliance of creatives and mm-hmm. and alliance is really a network of people, but I mean, it's a group of people, I advisors, but it really should be what people who you know and trust, but also people who you feel the most in tune with. Because, And that's the thing with theater is that if you're not with uh if you're not really with people that you are in tune with then i forgot who said it before uh oh it was jess where it's like the productions will suck and if you're with uh, people that you are in tune with the productions will be awesome and you just want to keep on going and going with that the notion uh, but yeah, I do have three more questions, and they're pretty much easy ones. <laughs> uh, so, like I mentioned before, by the time of this recording, Trifles have been already been up, but, or should be up, or in the process of being going up, depending hopefully, on hopefully. how fast Hopefully. Are there any productions that we might want to hear about in the future? Or, or are you just wanting, like, eh, hey, well, just keep everyone in the dark for now? Uh,
3: I mean, we do have... Which, I mean, we've been very vocal about this, and we mentioned to everybody who was working on the the first part of Almost Main, but um, we are planning on doing a, the the second act. So, a second part of Almost Maine uh, is planning on coming uh, and then trifles is our big header for next year. life that's our like a, a little more professional route thing that we want to go around with um since yeah. our readings have been pretty lax,ed um but with trifles we're trying to make it just a smidge a little more professional with doing a stage reading so having like rehearsals and
0: stuff uh, like that
3: yeah um but I think, I think keep, keeping people guessing for the rest of uh, the rest of the year, especially since uh, we're like two days away from the new year, yeah. uh, is, is, is is gonna be fun. Keep keep people guessing, and if they're interested, they can mm-hmm. always fill out our interest form mm-hmm.
0: and keep which up to I'll date. Ha- which I'll have in the description, by the way. Uh, it. <laughs> uh, so, the next question is. So, social media plug. I know there's a lot of social media So, I know you have a Facebook page, a YouTube, an Instagram. So, what have you. What is the main social media factions or pages that people want to go flock to and actually follow you guys? Because used are always great to talk with. But their products are even better because... As I meant, as you just mentioned before, um, we just did a, a production, no, a, not a production. We just did the first act of of Almost Maine. The entire thing looks beautiful, just from start to finish. So, we it, so, where can we watch you? Where can we uh, tweet about you, and stuff like that?
2: <laughs> uh, real quick plug to Z for making that video look so beautiful as it is, because right without Z. Damn, it would be literally me and Erica editing, and who that would be at times. So like, um, shout outs to Z for being great. Um, but uh, if y'all want to take away social medias, feel free. Uh,
3: sure. Um, do a quick round of all the social medias. So we have Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. All of them are with AOC Feeder. You can find all of you can find all of that there with uh, that little that little at that's our at um and then our youtube is just alliance of creatives uh very short and simple that's where we post all of the videos there for all of our readings so far and we have uh the two over the garden wall parts up if you want to go see them they're very good they're very lovely there's some very (laughs) lovely people who are a part of it um and then almost main is up is up there too as well if you want to go give uh if you want to go give it a little love it's was up two days ago, three days, two days ago. <laughs>
0: up days, ago. just right after Christmas. Yep. Uh, the perfect Christmas story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, do you have any uh, uh in relation to that? Do you have any social media that you do want to plug? Like actual social, like instead of AOC theater, do you have social media that you want to plug?
2: I mean. Andrea
0: all right cool
2: I was I was ready to see if y'all okay hi um I'm bones the artist on literally every social media platform um everything I'm not kidding changed my nickname over literally three days ago um so everything is all the same the ad is always bones the artist um I stream on twitch sometimes Brian mentioned that earlier uh that's real fun been doing that for a good month now and it's been a real fun time um but yeah that's me
0: uh, and, of course, my last question is it's a fairly obvious, easy question to ask, depending on how I phrase it. But to those who are actually going into theater, or at least in this theater world where they are essentially somewhat burned out from theater or something like that, or recovering from theater, missing theater, what advice do you have, especially if they are an emerging theater artist or... Especially going forward into twenty twenty one
1: sorry have a side hobby have something else that you enjoy um I'm also gonna shamelessly plug myself for a bit um, starting twenty twenty one I'm planning to stream the sims I promise this is relevant <clears throat> I'm planning to start streaming myself playing the sims um and I mentioned this also my ad is at little Instagram on everything um but the reason I mentioned this is because Theater does burn you out. No matter yeah. what part of theater you do, actor, stage manager, designer, whatever, it's going to burn you out. You need something on the side that is still creative, you can still get your creative juices flowing, but that you can just have fun with. It's not your job, it is not your sustenance, your education. It is just something that you can do for fun and to like escape the drowning for a second. Have a hobby. Have something fun and creative. I recommend The Sims because I find it fun. So <laughs> do whatever you want. Have Just have something else that you can enjoy for you, essentially, to combat the burnout.
3: I, I will say um, that one thing that I have found, because I, I even though I try to stay positive post days about the whole theater thing, there are days where I'm just like, damn, am I really ever going to have a job now? Um I will say one thing that really, really does help is putting your creativity towards something else. Um, You know, theater just physically can't be done right now. You can't, we can't go, we can't all hop into a theater and just create because, you know, COVID. Um, And, you know, it really does, putting, putting your creativity towards something, whether it's being like popping your webcam on and just like, Doing something silly and spontaneous or, you know, making a YouTube video or writing something or painting a picture. Just like any source of creative outlet that you can just put out there will just it, it, it will help you, it will just help. It'll make you feel better and you know, it'll keep it'll keep your mind still in that artistic artistic zone so you know that once everything comes back you you won't you won't have you you will not have lost anything that your creative juices are still there you're still able to uh to you know do what you love um i'm also going to shamelessly plug uh discord if you want to ever sponsor me please um but discord is a great great service that uh we all use it for um for just com- simply communicating or hanging out or if we want to share something with everybody or we want to like play games together or do something um if you know we're really lonely one night or we just need somebody to hang out with and talk uh it is a, it's a great great thing to use um and to just be connect be connected to people because i know if I know us theater people, we love, we love connecting with people and talking to people. So (laughs) if you can find any way to, to, to just talk to somebody, it really, really, it really does help.
2: Um, To piggyback off of that, a little piece of advice, do the thing that you want to do. Don't. I understand if you want things to be flawless and perfect for your first like venture out into the internet, if you're gonna be posting or if you're gonna start painting or if you're gonna do something. Um, like Emily and Jess have said, like your your creative outlet, like getting your hobby g- going. Don't be afraid of it. Do it. Um, the longer you sit there and be like, but what if I'm not good? The longer you're gonna sit there and be miserable and feel burnt out and not feel like you're capable of doing things. But you are, you're completely capable of doing things. Literally just sit down, buckle down, put yourself through it, and then once you're done, you're going to sit back and be like, I did that, and I'm proud yeah. of that. And that's important. And that's my piece of advice for anybody.
0: <laughs> yes, Especially with me, because this show, even though I love producing and hosting the show, there are days where this show does burn me out, and I do need those time to recover. And with my job now, it has actually allowed me to feel a lot more... In control of my own show, but also like you just said before, it, this isn't really a side hobby. It's more like a, a passion of mine that is now sidelined because of my actual job. But you know, anyway, uh, that's enough of making fun of myself. Um, Emily, Bones, Jess, it's been great talking to you all. Uh, this has been episode seven of uh, season four of Performing the Arts. My name, as always, is Brian M. Davis uh yeah catch you all the next time and stay safe happy new year if you're watching Well, this is all anyway anyway happy anyway anyway bye
3: <laughs> thanks bye. for having us
1: bye stay safe